Welcome to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast, where it is our mission to debunk the lies of the enemy and announce freedom to those still lost in the darkness and addiction. Welcome back to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast. My name is Palmer, joined always by Brother Phoenix himself. And today, or tonight, we have a special edition of the podcast where we are bringing on uh, a new friend of ours, or at least a new friend of mine, who I got to uh, witness the things that we're going to talk about tonight at CR at The Point in Brandon, Mississippi. Shout out. Um, but our new friend, Mr. Lane. What's up, Lane? What's up, brother? Brother Phoenix, what's up, brother? Before we get to Lane, I want to share a quick story about how the enemy has been trying to attack this show. Uh-huh. All right, so I, if you know me and you see me out and about, and these uh, everywhere I go, I have this brown leather satchel that has that I have notebooks in. I have my Bible in that Aubrey Pridgen gave me three or four years ago that's noted up and highlighted up, and I've got books in there, two books that I read. I mean, it's got, you know, all of my stuff and my journals and all the notes that I had for this show. All of this magically disappeared somehow <laughs> yesterday, Spirit. and I always have this with me, okay? <laughs> I have no idea where it is, but I know it will turn up. But so all of my notes, I'm, I'm going to have to just, you know, use the Holy Spirit. We're going to wing it. We're going to wing it. So um, Lane, about two weeks ago, you came into the Celebrate Recovery Point, and you had a very important topic to talk about that nobody likes to talk about out in public or in, in anything like that. But we're going to shine a light on this uh, particular weapon Thanks, that sir. the enemy uses, not just for men, women, but also children. And right. um, it's sexual immorality and lust. And uh, go ahead. What do you got? Well, man, it started out uh, a few months ago. I was out and heard two young girls talking. And naturally, I didn't want to prowl on their conversation but the more I started hearing, the the more involved I got to listen to it, and they were talking about their body count. And you know, how I many at, people do you think they murdered? Right, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I am sitting here looking at some young serial killers. Right. So then I, my logic took over, and I, I brushed that off, and I was like, well, now they're talking about their body mass index, some kind of new hip lingo to work out, which obviously that's with so my sus. gut, I don't know nothing about that. I work out. <laughs> <laughs> but then it hit me, John, that they were talking about how many men they had been. And that so, blew me away. Their age, Palmer. So let me first. First, it was just men, right? Because nowadays you can't you, you can't just make the assumption that yeah. So I mean, was was that that's all they were talking about? Was I mean, I'm not trying to make it light at right. all. We're going to get into the deepness. Oh no, of this, this but is I, what but this I'm podcast curious. is all about. I'm I mean, curious. I mean, was it just was it dark. just them talking about men or or as far as I could tell? But with the gravity of the situation and how perverse. The world has gotten. I don't put it past nobody. Right. You know, exactly. All, all cards are off the table now. That's kind of what I'm saying. So we're t- we're talking. I know you said young ladies. Uh, obviously, you don't know them, and so but guesstimate. Like, how old do you think they were by looking at them? Now I know nowadays you can't tell by looks, but how old would you think they they looked? Sixteen, seventeen at the oldest. Mm. And already it, it threw, talking about a body count, right? And it threw me away because I got a daughter that's going to be that age. Yeah. Right. And I got a daughter that's 16 and another daughter that's 15. Let right. me let me tell you all this, man. And um, so after you delivered this message that you're about to deliver, 
it wasn't just a couple of days later, and I was coming out of a gas station, and this young lady, and she couldn't have been 14, was and with her mother and what looked to be her brother walking out of this gas station. And this girl had on shorts so short, and they were you white and see-through. I could literally see the print on her underwear. It was ridiculous. And uh, the first thought was, okay, she's with her mother? And my second thought was, there is no chance in hell I would ever let my, and I have a daughter, she's 18, uh, that I would let, and she's 18, and I wouldn't let her leave the house, like, looking Dude, my, like this. My two daughters already, they, they already know better. Oh, man. They know better. Do so not. So you got to put some, bl- I mean, you, look, you got to put some blame off on the parents here, because this oh, woman yeah, was, for sure. I, it was obvious that this was her mother, right? Right, sure. And uh, I'm like, so that that's like enabling, you know, that's like encouragement of it. And it's like, this draws attention to a very young person, and it's just, ugh. So I got in the I'm, truck. I'm laughing at the note Like, I literally got in the truck. And the genius, I said, there is no way in hell I would let my daughter walk out of the house looking like that. Yeah, no way. And she couldn't have been 14. All right, Lane. Anyway, so, moving on. So uh, let's let's go back into your story. So yeah. you're out and about. You hear two girls talking about their body count. Obviously, man, looking at the um, the age of these two girls, the first thought is not sexual count. And so, right. and so you're overhearing this, this, this conversation when you finally figure out, let's, let's go from there. You finally get it through their conversation and you're not trying to eavesdrop, but they're obviously talking loud enough to where you can hear. So right. you overhear this conversation and you finally understand that they're, they're talking about their sexual partners. Right. And it, you know, it threw me, it threw me back of how casual they were talking about it. It was just like we're way sitting too, here talking now. Way too right. comfortable. Right. And you know it, it brings to mind, and I'm on I'm gonna read it from my notes because I don't like misquoting scripture. But First Corinthians six fifteen through twenty says, "Surely you know that your bodies are parts of Christ Himself. So I must never take what is part of Christ and join it to a prostitute." The scripture says that two people will become one. So you should know that anyone who is joined with a prostitute becomes one with her in body, but anyone who is joined with the Lord is one with Him in spirit. So run away from sexual sin. It involves the body in a way that no other sin does. So if you commit sexual sin, you are sinning against your own body. You should know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit that you receive from God and that lives in you. You don't own yourselves. God paid a very high price to make you his. So honor God with your body. One more time, give us that scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 through 20. Amen. And you know, I haven't always lived the way I've been really focusing on living here over the past few years, I, I just recently got three years clean. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Great accomplishment. Amen. And I had to die to myself to do that. I, I had to let Lane go and let God, uh, you know, because I made a mess out of my life. And Amen. so many people have come across my path in the past few months dealing with lust or and pornography. Yep. And it, you know, sex is everywhere you turn. It's on every channel. It's on every show. Homosexuality is in every Walmart. kid's cartoon now. Yeah. And it's it's gotten so perverse. And when I was thinking about putting this together to speak on it, granted, it's a heavy subject. And oh, yeah. the first time I delivered it, there was nobody got up at altar call. You know, yeah. And I knew I knew I expected that. Well, there was a lot of conviction in that room, but let me let me share something real quick. So, like in the our first episode, I uh, I touched on it a little bit. I'd like to touch on it a little deeper here. Um, so, part of my addiction was, you know, a more big part of my addiction was methamphetamine. So, with methamphetamine, it amplifies all this sexual immorality and and uh, lust uh, by a thousandfold. So, with that, the methamphetamine 
what uh what played a huge part in the relationship that ended uh with my with my ex was uh she literally got into my phone and found all this pornography and all these chat rooms that I was a part of that was just disgusting. Thinking back on it now, I'm just mortified by it and disgusted. But I can talk about it now because I, right. well, I buried that dude. Right. That dude is dead. So <clears throat> I really want to shine a big light on this because this is one of the devil's probably biggest weapons that he has right now is pornography and lust. And, you know, you can, I mean, this affects people that have never done drugs in their life. I mean, this is in, this is ended marriages. That of people that have never even touched a drug in their life, I mean, you know. So, real quick, let me let me point out that uh, we are on Facebook Live, and Ginger says, "I wish I was taught soul ties when I was young. I was just told not to do it, uh, and that made me want to do it more." And I think that's uh, first of all, I took I just got done taking a class, a parenting class with Jennifer Miller at um, at the point, and one of the biggest things that she focused on was ta- telling your kids why. Right. Making sure they knew the why. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like Ginger's pointing out, we didn't get told the why. We were no. just said, don't do it because I told you not to right. do it. And a big reason that I've explained to my two teenage girls, and I have a teenage boy, and so he'll get to talk as well, or a, a preteen boy, he'll get to talk as well. But so far to the teenage girls, I've told them the why. Why should you not have premarital sex? Because it, you are losing a piece of your soul. You're right. giving a piece of your soul to that person. And what I didn't even understand that took I took until I took abiding free with Jennifer. So that is a great point, Ginger. That uh, you know when you have sex with somebody, you are you You're are giving yourself to right. somebody. You're else. connecting. Yeah. I mean. Not to be mm-hmm. graphic, but that's exactly you're facts connecting yourself to a, to to your mm-hmm. partner. So that that partner needs to be the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Amen. That's right, and not so much focus on just the your body is your temple, right. but also the consequences. You know, people do, yeah, people do get pregnant the first time they have sex, yeah. and you know that's that's the one the parents will focus on. Don't have sex outside of wedlock. Don't have sex before this and that but they leave out the temple part right. and it does. It's like a plug and socket. And I don't want to take any gravity off of the situation for men, but for a woman, especially you're oh, allowing yeah. someone into your body. Yeah. Right. And that's, that holds a lot there's, of weight. There's nothing deeper than that. Right. And it's nothing, meant to be sorry, sensual. nothing more intimate, intimate right? yeah. than that. And, you know, about my past, you know, I've got three kids out of wedlock and I know personally why it says not to do that. Yeah. Uh, and all three of them are strange, uh, strange relationships. Uh, I've, I've got a relationship with my oldest son, but my, my youngest two, I haven't talked to them in almost 18 months. And it was just, it was horrible to go through. And if I could just go back, right. you know, and I, I tell everybody now, if I would have just listened to my mom and dad, the things they were telling me and everything they told me was true. Right. But the, they well, didn't, didn't so much go into it like that. And just like right. Ginger just said, I wanted to do it more. Right. Because because they just said, don't do it because we wanted it more. Right. You know, and uh, now for it's in me, their face everywhere you turn. It's on Snapchat, Facebook, right. and it's TikTok. everywhere. So for me, um, you know, like I told y'all before we started the started recording, I do have a high body count, quote unquote body count. Um, for me, is I never had even though I've always portrayed that I have confidence. I never really had the confidence. So being able to bring home a woman um, and and have sex with her, for me, that that gave me the, like, made me feel better about me. You know what I mean? Made See, I, I, deal with, I dealt with the same thing. Palmer. I've uh, always been a big dude. Yeah, and I I was the chubby kid out of the family, so I know how you feel on that. But yeah. mine come from, I was, I was molested as a child, and 
for a straight guy to be molested by a guy, it put a whole different spin on it for me. And uh, I didn't have the Christian roots that I needed. So the devil ran rampant in my head. And it was like the more women I could be with, the less it would make me a homosexual. And you, it seemed like you were trying to fight fire with fire. Right. I right. mean, literally, you're you're saying, okay, well, I was, I was, this was done to me by a man. And, and like you said before we started recording, like, there's a part of you that says, did I cause this? Or, or, you know, and the devil put the thoughts in my head, knowing for well that this wasn't true, but did I like it? Did I do something right. to cause that? Does this make me a homosexual? Right. And the, what was so bad was I didn't tell anybody what happened until three years ago. Uh, finally, when I was 36, I told my parents what happened. Uh, and it's, it's so, it's so strange and, and, and ironic because, I was the same way. I was not molested, but I was beaten by a stepdad. Now, he's not my stepdad now. Uh, him and my mom divorced many years ago. But um, he was a great guy. He's, he's passed on now, but he was a great guy. But when he got drunk, he'd come home and he'd whip me with a shoe. And um, Nike or Adidas or, or was it <laughs> Doc Martin? You know, it's probably a New Balance because he was a dad. Okay. <laughs> <Love> um, <laughs> but... He would get drunk and and I didn't I didn't think nothing about it. You know, I didn't tell nobody because I thought I had done something to yeah. deserve it. I was not a good kid. You know right. what I mean? Like I was, but, but you like, didn't I was very it. rebellious. Regardless. You no, no, I'm saying, it. but that that was my thought process of, well, you probably did something today mm -hmm. to deserve to get your head beat in with a with a a, a, a new bounce. New new bounce. bounce. And I, I think that <laughs> hey dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying, Hey dude. dude. What's up, John? <laughs> but yeah. I lost my train of thought with that one. <laughs> Tag, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude. But, yeah, it, uh, going through that, like you did, Palmer, it was, man, just it led us astray, mm -hmm. you know, and just to think about the perverseness of the world and where it's headed. You know, I heard somebody quote it in a movie, and I actually had to look it up, and I've got it in my notes on this. There's more slaves in the United States right now than the Romans had at the height of their empire. Yeah. Yep. And half, over half of them are sex slaves. So before we, we dive uh, deeper into the message that you're going to give today, let me just say that we're, we're not just talking about sex. We're also talking about um, sexual immorality, which is a big, which a covers big, a wide spectrum of things. Right. And, but what I want to, what I want to point out is pornography is mm -hmm. a huge one. And I believe it's a huge issue within the church because you can go to church and be the, you know, uh, perfect Christian mm -hmm. and still have that hiding in your background. Sure. Check this out. Speaking on that. So in my notes that the enemy is hiding from me at the moment, I can recall that one, all right, so I don't remember the exact percentage, but so with pornography, children, and I think you have this, yep. children um, are being exposed to this while they're doing their homework. I mean, and they're like, sneaking it in. Like they're like, right. so think about think about the things that pop up online, like just while you're scrolling through TikTok or Snapchat yeah. or Instagram. You might be watching. I can Facebook. tell you this. Look here, I can be. Look, I'm a TikTok uh, junkie. Junkie. Yeah, I mean, it's probably you send me I mean, TikToks at like all, man, but all so, hours. I know. And all hours it'd be at night. three o'clock in the morning. I'm sending Palmer like some <laughs> very good, funny TikTok. You know, this is hilarious. It, they're usually about Bucky's, I'm sure. But anyway, so. I'm most like I could say 98% of my TikTok is Christian TikTok. The other 2% is funny animal videos. Right. Yep. 
But I'm telling you, the enemy, I don't know how he does it. I'll be scrolling through my Christian TikTok, and then this little hot thing pops up on a live shaking her little booty. And I'm like, I didn't, uh uh-uh, no. Not but right. that's the enemy coming at you, trying to distract you. It's also you. really bad on Facebook reels that yeah, pop up at Facebook the top, reels, man. I'm man. Like, like, I'm not I even don't following even know this anything person. like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, devil, the devil's honed his skills over many, I'm many, tell- many years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's been around a long time. Yeah. But we're going to give him a headache, aren't we? Right. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into this, too. You know, because it's, it's pretty lengthy, and I hate yeah. to cut y'all off. But, no, you're good. You know, this is a serious message, I believe. Uh, so I'm going to jump into it and start reading it. Let's do it. So starting out, Job 31, 11 through 12. For lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished. It's a devastating fire that destroys to hell. It would wipe out everything I own. Lust is an intense or unrestrained sexual craving, an un- unrestrained craving. It's a desire focused only on one's pleasure that often leads to unwholesome acts to fulfill that desire with no regard to the consequences. Mm. Lust is ultimately based upon possession and greed. This conflicts with the guidelines for Christian living. Our faith strongly focuses on selflessness with a foundation of holy living. This life that we strive to live urges us to be more like Jesus in all that we say and do. This This means that we have to die to oneself on a daily basis and continually let go of our old way of life where sin was in control. Living in a world that has such a strong and perverse sexual climate brings total opposition to everything that Jesus Christ is about. Sex, lust, and pornography has gone overlooked and underestimated for so long until now it's everywhere you turn. It fills social media, the new music, TV shows, and movies. A lot of the new fads going around are sexually based and downright evil and perverse. Child pregnancy, Human trafficking and sexually active teens have become the new social norm in this world we live in. I've heard people say that kids are are just different these days, but I strongly beg to differ. Mm -hmm. Kids are the same as they were 50 years ago. They're going to get away with whatever they're allowed to get away with. That's right. What is different is the way we're raising our children now. That's right, 100%. We have allowed God to be taken out of school, prayer taken out of school, and foster an environment that absolutely hates God and makes a mockery out of our Christian beliefs. Everything that is holy or good is under attack. Marriage is under attack and being made a joke of. The family unit is under attack, and the children are all under attack right before our eyes. Yep. Let me talk about this family unit real quick, and then a couple other things I want to bring up. So the family unit, there was another um, uh, percent, percentage that I saw. It's like statistic. Statistic. That's the word I'm looking for. That's why I had you, hired you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so 17. Thank you, Holy are Spirit. Are we getting paid? Yeah, no, thank you, Holy Spirit, for letting me remember this because I can even remember the statistic number. So 17% of women that uh, take their uh, children to church, all right, it's only 17%, all right, that fails, right? So 97% of men that lead their family to church, you know, that that um, that uh, works, okay? So I had all this written out, so I'm trying to remember. But so 90, 97% of men, but... The enemy goes after the men with the pornography and lust. So that steers them and distracts them away from God. Right. And Satan knows that. So he's trying to keep them away from church, right? right. So he knows that statistic, that, 97, that he knows that 97% of men that lead their family into church, that, that wins out. Right. Right. Okay, another thing I want to talk about is um, the thoughts. The intrusive thoughts. So we're walking into Walmart. We're dudes here, right? Right. So we're walk. This is what I I know. Women are not like this at all. <laughs> I know. 
So, like, you're walking in Walmart, and a beautiful woman walks by. Your first thought, you know, is probably, you know, a sexual, immoral thought. I'm guilty of it. I had a preacher tell me one time, it's yeah. not the first look. It's not the first. It's, it's the, the second. second. Yeah. You know, it's so, uh, human nature to look the first time. So what it's do we when do? you go back what does scripture? What does Scripture tell us to do? Rebuke it. Rebuke it and what? Capture that thought. That's right. That's right. You Take know? it capture. Take I, was, that. I was told by a counselor one time, treat your mind like the sky and your thoughts like the clouds. Yeah. And I was told by a wise man, shout out Jen, uh, Ron Fraser. Thank you, Jenny, for intro- he's, he's my, you know, he's like a daddy to me. He, uh, I had this conversation with him years ago, and he was like, well, treat your mind like it's a television. You have the remote in your hand. You can That's change right. the channel. That's right. Right. That goes, I mean, that can go along with your scrolling. I mean, it's like you can either linger on it and watch That's it. right. Or you can... Swipe up, swipe left, swipe whatever you yeah, got. When do. that crap pops up on your your TikTok or your Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. the first thing you need to do is go, okay, get it off. Yeah. Right. You know. All right, sorry about that, Lane. We just uh, yeah. we we like to jump in and just uh, awesome. kind of like give open thoughts format. about. Yeah, you know, it's like the ADD in me. If I if I don't squirrel out, <laughs> I'm like, then I'll forget, and then you know. Uh, so you know, right, right. Continue, sir. All right, so First Thessalonians chapter four seven through eight says, God has called us to be holy not to live in pure lives. Mm-hmm. Anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human rules, but rejecting God mm. who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Our world has gotten so far away from holy living that we're seeing the effects of this everywhere. The choice of the teenage kids' clothes where the obvious train of thought, less is more. We have grown to objectify each other's bodies to be treated like meat used to satisfy a hunger or an urge. We're seeing openly gay and transgender cartoon characters on kid shows, cartoons where two men action figures are kissing and where kids have two mommies or two daddies. We're forcing these controversial topics on our young minds that are nowhere near mature enough to process these things. They're indoctrinating them into thinking this is okay before they have the mental capacity to realize the grave consequences of these choices they have. The right of the parent to discuss and explain these things when both of them are ready to discuss these things are being taken away from the parent by exposing our children to them way before their brains are developed enough to completely comprehend these situations. I know I'm not the only one who sees a problem with this. The children no longer have a chance to be kids where they have fun and play sports. Instead, they're faced with all these social dilemmas and peer pressures to fit in, and the girls feel like they have to live up to the terms of beauty spelled out people like by the Kardashians. Mm, Right. Our children do not stand a chance if we don't do something to intervene. And here I'm going to get into some of the statistics John was talking about. The average age of a child that is first exposed to hardcore pornography, eight years old. Insane. Eight years old. Dude, I think about when I was eight, I was playing in the dirt and worried about fishing and girls had cooties. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. I was 12 years old about when I was exposed to it. I stumbled upon my uncle's Trunk o porn, and back then, you know, it's like magazines and VHS tapes, right. right? But now, think about this: how prevalent, how easy it is, and easily accessible it is, man. Yeah, we had we had a girl stand up at the point one time and give her testimony, and she was talked about how uh, I think she was thirteen at the time that she gave her testimony or something like that, and she had talked about how uh, she'd found porn and was a porn addict by eight. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm oh, like that is crazy. So, what do you do about it? I mean, how, I mean, like it's very. Very obvious that Lucifer well, has the control over the mainstream the, media. So, yeah, and we can't so, we can't be helicopter parents. I don't think right, that's right. that's uh. We got uh, Angel Studios, right? That's yeah, yeah. yeah. We love Angel Studios, right. but it spells Bad it out Angel in the Studios. Bible. 
It, it plainly says, raise them in the way of the Lord so that when they are, they are older, they shall yeah. not depart. And that's yeah. where we're dropping the ball at. Yeah. yeah. And we're not, t- like, like I said earlier, and like Jennifer pointed out to us in our class, like we're not telling them the why. Right. And that's, that's, a, I think that's a lot. It's, it's just, we're not, we're not explaining it or we haven't been explaining it well enough to why you shouldn't do this. Like, right. and, and I, and I do believe that, you know, you bring them in a church, but let's be honest here, man. It's, there's a lot of times where people that were brought up in the church do things in the church or do things yeah. at church camps yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. so um, that's not always the case that it's just by bringing them, right. uh, bringing them up in the church, but also you have to embody that at home as well. Right. And I think that's, that's the way I interpreted that. Yep. It's not so much the church building. Yeah, we it's can bring them, them truly, home. Truly, if you think it's not really, I mean, it's not the church's responsibility. It's right. the it's parents' ours. responsibility right. to police this and, and um, you know, keep that focus, um, yeah. their children's focus on 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 God and and um, not unworldly things. Like it's not, you know, I didn't have an iPhone growing up. I didn't have you know internet. You know, while well, we had dial sixty seven. Yeah, I know sixty five. Thank you very much. <laughs> and but I mean, but uh, I mean, I can't say that I was policed when I was you know. But I mean, it would be scary for me. I mean, how would I have turned out if I would if I had the technology now that I had then? Is the right. I mean, it destroyed us. It would destroy us big time. I mean, I was in 30 years of full rebellion from the Lord in pornography, sexual immorality, drug addiction, you know, whatever you can think of. But, Lane, um, give me some more statistics. You got yes, more statistics. One out of every three men has been sexually assaulted, but they think that's actually higher because men don't talk don't about talk it. Don't talk about it. I was about to say, I mean, I have not been, but I, I, you know, obviously we're one in three in here. But, I mean, think about it. If we had a group full of, 20 people in this room, man, it would be, it'd probably be more than one in three. Well, it's we just, made we the don't statistic real right now. I'm, yeah, I'm we the did. One. We I'm did. The one. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, I didn't talk about it. I didn't want to bring the shame on my family. And I knew my dad would have killed him. You know, yeah. So I didn't want to lose my dad. So I figured I would shoulder the burden the best I could. And that, that led me into a, a long years of opiate abuse. Right. Uh, but that, you know, and the, the sad thing is, is when you're dealing with stuff like this and dealing with trauma, the drugs and the alcohol work for right. a short time. Right. Yeah. And and I, it, yeah. It, it quote it unquote numbs the pain. Numbs right. The pain. Right. That's that, the that's only time I didn't even think about it. That's just a band aid. Were you ever? Were you able to get forgiveness? I mean, were you able to give forgiveness for that? Or man, I I'm gonna give a shout out to Joel Swicker. That's um, my boy. I love my brother Joel, man. Oh man, he's the whole point. Cr group and the men that God has brought in my life. I don't have the words of a poet to express my love for them and the things they've did for my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had went through counseling, uh, dealing with it, and I, I always ask this question to Joe: What does true forgiveness for that looking like? Because the man I am now, me not blowing his brains out, is forgiveness enough. Yeah. <laughs> but Joel said something to me that I will carry for the rest of my life, and I will relay to people: hurt people, hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah. And when I went and confronted this man, uh, I'm gonna leave a few details of how it went down, but. It turned out, and not to justify his actions, but he was molested as a child too, uh, right. and it just that vicious cycle kept on going. But and that's the spiritual warfare of it, right I, there. And you know, I honestly, mean, like that's what tends to happen. If if it happened to you, it's gonna it's you're good, gonna you're do gonna it. End up right. Yeah. I can thank you, Jesus. I can say that even though I was beaten as a child, I have not beaten my kids. Right. I mean, I probably spanked them a little too harder than I should have from time to time. But I'm I'm not I'm talking about full on. You know, Beating them with a hey dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From head to toe. Yeah. From head to toe. So hold on real quick, uh, Lane. 
Like I said, we're on Facebook. For people that are just listening to us, we're on Facebook Live. Shout right out, Ron Peoples. Ron says, man, I remember when the internet was new. It was actually hard to get on porn sites. Now it's just a click away, no gates. However, let me just, uh, because I listened to John Cooper uh, on Cooper stuff. John Cooper is the lead singer for Skillet. And because I listened to them, I've heard the ads for um, Covenant Eyes. There is an app out there now called Covenant Eyes. I, I do believe that you have to have a, a subscription for it. But if you are struggling with porn, please check out Covenant Eyes. Because what it does is, like, I could sign up and you sign up, and we both have access to what, like, if something... Um, it's accountability. It's accountability. Something uh, suspicious or inappropriate pops up on his phone or my phone, he'll know it. Right? Ah, that's yeah. brilliant. And that's, yeah, I Covenant think that's Eyes. Why Tag the- them, Danny. Yes, please. Covered in eyes. And tag the lead singer from Skillet, too. John Cooper. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why. Uh, Covenant. I don't know how to spell Covenant. I'm from Louisiana. C O V E N A N T. I don't even know if they have a, a, um, a Facebook. It's got 5,000 followers. That looks like an app thing. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Why not? John uh, Cooper. Skillet. Skillet. John Cooper. Anyway, so um, I just wanted to bring that yeah, up because I mean dude, now I mean that's with, with that Ron saying there's now tools. there's no gates there now there are there are gates there so, are tools for yeah, these are us tools. to be accountable to each other yeah. right. and that's that's the that's the main thing that people need to realize you not have to have somebody hold you accountable for this and that in my personal opinion I think that's why pornography and lust is has destroyed so many people is because it's an internalized sin right it's out of sight it's out of mind. So they think it's they're hiding it from doors. Well, one thing about pornography, man, it gives you an unrealistic, you know, you have love, expectation, sex, everything, unrealistic expectation of what love is, right? You know, yeah. of, of how it's supposed. That's to what be. John talks yeah. about uh, in his yeah. testimony. John um, Hollingshead, Josh, Josh John. Hollingshead. Sorry, I had yeah. John Cooper on, on my brain. Josh Hollingshead, Unashamed Recovery Podcast. His uh, testimony is is sex and porn, just like mine is, but. A lot of things that that he talks about is the reason he went down the road he went is because he didn't believe his wife loved him because she didn't do the things that he's seen these actresses right. do. And the main the, the worst part about seeing these actresses is a lot of those are stuck in they're enslaved into this. They don't necessarily want to do this. A lot of them they feel like they have to or they're being forced to. Right. And, and so, dealing with addiction, you know, most yeah, of them right. own some kind of substance to do that. And also, too, it, it destroys people's perception because those people spend thousands of dollars to make their body perfect. And right. when somebody young and impressionable like a child, uh, say, we'll, we'll say for instance, a young man or a young kid, see, yeah. young boy sees this man with a huge tool, right. and he looks at himself, and why am I not built like that? Something's yeah. wrong with me. Or mainly women. Yeah. Mainly girls. You know, I saw. They look at pictures I saw a of TikTok. Girls. I saw, Very critical yeah. of herself. I saw yeah. a TikTok the other day of this uh, this young female. She was on a podcast, and she was, I mean, a very uh, irate toward the podcast host because he was giving her, you know, he was convicting her really of like she was talking about how she was making all this money on OnlyFans, right? And she was probably in her early twenties, but he right. was trying to get across. To, you know, she was talking about all this money she was making, how rich she is, and all this. Well, guess what, honey, you're going to age out and People are going to move on to the next big thing. Nobody's going to want to marry you because everybody in the in the world is going to know that you are on OnlyFans. Nobody right. wants to marry that. 
Right. No man, well, sure, that's good, you know, as far as for him for, you know, in the moment, five minute, you know, oh, whatever. Right. But um, so she's going to age out of that. Nobody's going to look at her anymore, and then the money's going to run out, and then where are you at? Right, right. Yeah, and be with, at least saving the money. And yeah. with time and age, everything fades and sags. That's sags. right. Exactly. Unless you're Dolly Parton. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, did y'all catch that the other day? How beautiful is Dolly still, man? Well, that's because at she the spent show? millions of dollars millions. To, to, millions. to look like a like a 20-year-old. We actually and just look, come back from Dollywood last week, and she had videos and some of the shows of her. She has done so much <laughs> Botox in her fun. top lip. Yeah. It don't even move anymore. It's just there, dead. Yeah, I mean... She looks great, and and more power to you if if that's what you want to spend your money on to feel that way. More power to you. Like I I don't got no problem with that. Right. But um, it's um, it's kind of like there's a there's a TikTok girl I can't remember her name, but the the name of the song is uh, uh, Victoria's Secret. Oh, yes. I've seen that. That's yes. great. And that is exactly yeah, that Victoria's fact- Secret is he's an old dude. And yeah, like North- that's a, I mean the, it's a whole true story. Victoria's yeah. Secret's made made up by a dude. Yeah. And, so I'd um, like to get it on the show to where I can play a TikTok like while we're live. That would be cool. And if you think about that, Palmer, it's it's really sad when you start thinking about the the depth of it and go deeper below the surgery and the looks. It all stems from insecurities. Right. Oh yeah. And me coming from the th- the trauma that I come from, I was a very insecure person. I still struggle with insecurities. But to look at yourself and not see that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the yeah. Lord, that you need to alter that every way possible. That's sad, man. That's heartbreaking. Man, let me get a big shout-out to your wife, Carmen, man. That She's beautiful. Woman, uh, she is not I'm not just beautiful outside, but I'm talking about beautiful inside, man. Yes. Every time, I've, man, never, met a, I've up, never met somebody with a soul dude, like hers. I mean, I'm glad how yours you is. have mine, any kind of insecurity. Mine scares me. Listen, how you have any kind of insecurity now is beyond me because of how beautiful, not just how she is beautiful inside and out, but she lights up a room, man, yes, when she walks she in. She lit up my life. And, John, yeah. when I come to her, uh, granted, we had dated when I was 19, and I was going through a really bad divorce, inactive addiction, struggling. Man, I was lost. And at 19? I was, no, no uh, oh, this okay. was just three years ago, four Y'all years ago. Y'all dated at 19 right. and then later on. we split up and come back. Yeah, okay, my okay. bad. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But uh, when I finally did find, come back, I... I called her up just wanting to go out to eat. I needed somebody godly in my life. And I remembered from when I dated her earlier, I used to love hearing her quote scripture. And that was what stuck in my head, how beautiful she was. And she loved the Lord. So when I come back, I moved back home from Louisiana. Dude, I was lost, lost. And I was on the verge of taking myself out of the game. I'd already overdosed and died three times. And it didn't slow me down. It didn't scare me because I didn't want to live. I had no will to live. What was your DOC, just out of curiosity? Opiates. Opiates. That was uh, what was your what DOC. drug of choice? <laughs> it wasn't Department of you Corrections, can, Palmer. You can tell I am not a drug guy, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, and when I got it exposed to opiates at an early age, I, I loved them immediately. And I tell everybody all the time how powerful it was to me. I got around about the same feeling the day I got baptized for the first time. Let's hear. Let's, how let's hear how you and Carmen reunited. I, this is, I love this story. This is really yeah. cool. I want to hear that. I, uh, I was married. I had been married for eight years. Uh, we had two kids together. And she ended up cheating on me for the third time on Father's Day and on, uh, and not Carmen, my ex-wife, right, yeah. cheating on my birthday and on Father's Day. And on holidays? Right. The two, my days of Yo, the year, oh, my birthday and wow. Father's Day. Oh, right. How dirty was that? Slap in the face. That's so mean. A double slap. So I come home from Texas, uh, and I actually asked her, I said, let's go to counseling and try to work this out. She said, no, I want you gone. Mm. So I said, if I walk out the door, I'm gone. So I, I I left with a change of clothes. I walked away from an eight-year marriage, 10-year relationship, uh, and 
reason I stayed the last two years was for my children because I knew that when I left, she would turn them against me and I wouldn't see them just like I'm living through now. So when I come home, uh, which is another slap in the face, I have to come to my mom and dad's at 36 years old again with my tail tucked between my legs and just gone, man. I was lost. So I, I called Carmen up just to see if she wanted to go out to eat. Um, and she had actually contacted me the November before, just checking on me, saying, you know, said so she was thinking about me one night. She had that Holy Spirit whisper to her. Right. And yeah. I, when I saw her, guys, I broke down crying because I realized I wasn't over there. See, man, they were still there. I love how the Holy Spirit works, man. Right. It's so like I called Lane my dad remembered, that night. Lane remembered all that time. I was like, man, that girl used to quote scripture to me, man. She's, And then mm. the, at the same time, the That's Holy Spirit. That's her at the same time, the whole, the Holy Spirit's Smoking whispering up. to her. <laughs> you married uh, I better call and check on him, see how he's doing. Right. I mean, that's God, 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 man. man. That's but God, man. That's God, dude. Nice. Man, look y'all over there, all booed up. I'm married right? up. Look, we got to get John booed up, Tony uh, Palmer. Man, dude, look. There ain't nothing like being I know, married, bro. I know I somebody know. interested. What? We'll talk about her later. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So and I come home. I, you know, we set. I set up a date. I had hey, no I got, intentions. Hold on. I got my eyes on somebody. That's who I'm talking about, oh. dummy. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the tea on that one. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Don't be spilling no tea on here. We ain't gonna spill no tea. But so when I come home, man, we set up a dinner date, and they, when she pulled up and got out of the car, like I know my jaw was on the ground, but <laughs> I, I wasn't working with her much because I had been. Oh, I'm telling you, it was, it was bad. <laughs> like I had butterflies, everything. I was, I was like a kid again. So, uh, man, we went out to eat, and we hit it off just like we'd never even been apart. Mm-hmm. But if I could show you a picture of myself, then God put blinders on that girl. She did because a buzzard couldn't pick my eyes out. I was so I was just sick. I was gone, and she she just started easing the Lord into me. She didn't push it on me. She right. I think she knew, and it was God working through her. Mm-hmm. And man, I started hearing more from the Lord about her. And she started working on me about the music I listened to. Mm-hmm. And she told me, you know, what you put in your ears and your eyes is what you yeah, become. Th- those portals you got there, right? man. So I started. Yeah. Swapping my music out for uh, Billy Graham, mm-hmm. Charles Stanley, mm-hmm. Joyce Meyer. And I would listen to that more and more and more. And it, God started taking effect little by little. Mm-hmm. And I saw uh, a Pentecostal friend of mine named Casey Johnny's give her testimony on Facebook Live at a Pentecostal church out in Florence. Jesus name Tabernacle, mm-hmm. the lighthouse on 49. And when I saw her talking, the joy she had, I told Carmen, I said, I got to get me some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me and her went to the Pentecostal church, and I was brought up Church of Christ, so I I, you know, I was skeptical on speaking in tongues and following the Spirit mm-hmm. and things. But that night, me and Carmen both got the Holy Ghost and both spoke in tongues that night together. Wow. And the man. fire of the Lord lit me right then. And You're still on fire, bro. I'm t- I, I love God, man. I can't, I can't speak enough about the things he has done for my life. Well, I can assure you, you're going to be coming back on sitting on this couch many, many times. The bridges he's fixed and. You know, the things God has blessed me with, I didn't even have the presence of mind to even pray for. And I, I've got the same problem. Right. And now... <laughs> Not that it's a problem. The guys that I've got to help and just be a shoulder to cry on sometimes mm-hmm. that has went through the same thing I went through is amazing. We've and, had some conversations. Right. And that's what led me to, to do this was I, the final straw, I, I, had, I prayed over an 18-year-old boy at the point mm-hmm. and... He was struggling with lust and actually had to break up with his girlfriend because when they would start kissing, he couldn't stop. Yeah. And that broke my heart to think about that. You know, that he just had to leave her because he could not control his lustful desires. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what led me to write all this stuff. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into some more. I want to y'all to hear it. Okay. Um, the average age someone loses their virginity now is 15 years old. I would, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll, I kill, thought, him, I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I know, but I'll be honest with you. I would have thought that would been lower. Yeah. I mean, think about it's it. True. If it's eight year olds that are that are getting the easy access to porn, I would have thought that that would have been a little. Let but me, anyway, let me just on. say this girl. Uh, this girl that I grew up with, I ended up dating her later on in life. But this girl that I grew up with, man, she lost her virginity at 11. Yeah. Wow, don't man, surprise me. And now, ten percent of thirteen to seventeen year olds have depression and anxiety. Thirty-seven percent of high school kids report having constant feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Child suicide rates are at an all-time high. Mm. Canada allows abortion right up to the time of labor, or you could call it um, sacrifice, murder, murder. Yeah. Yeah. murder. Some sacrifice. states allow the teacher and the doctor to start your child transitioning their gender. That is without I'm the parents' permission. I'm just going to tell you that I would kill them. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm the sorry, transgender God. diagnosis test went from taking approximately three days down to less than half an hour can be done over the phone. Dude, when you told me <sighs> that, and phone? I, I had, yeah, and over I had, phone. and I had heard that on another podcast. But when, I, when I said when you told me that, when I heard you say that the first time at, at CR the okay. other night, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Read that one blood. more. Re, just read that one more time, a little bit. Slowly. And I actually heard this, I, and it come from. I don't know about copyright stuff. I heard it from podcast. I'm not going to say the name, but right, if you want right. to know, I'll hit me up on Facebook. But it was the woman that actually wrote the diagnosis criteria for true gender dysmorphia. Okay, and she true. Was, she was talking. She said the transgender diagnosis test went was approximately three days, and it was lengthy all day for three days before they give them a true diagnosis of that. And it's actually a true diagnosis out there. That's got enemy written all over right. it, man. But now it went from three days down to less than a half an hour, and can be done over the phone, and. What they're not telling people, these trend, these uh, puberty blockers and all this mm -hmm. stuff is the same drug that they use to chemically castrate sex offenders. What? Yes, look it up. Same thing. Look it up. Same okay. drug. So here's something I saw the other day. And I say the other day. When I say the other day, it could mean anywhere from the time I was born up until I was... Right, that's a redneck know, other day. 45 <laughs> years old, 46 years old. Okay, so I saw this recently. Um, it said that... Well, actually, this was in the Bible. It was revealed to me. So the... The pronouns, they, them, we, whatever, blah, 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 the, all that. Right. So I noticed in the Bible, and it got confirmation through TikTok, somebody else posted about it, it uh, did a video, but uh, it said the they, them is not a new thing. Like, right. this was biblical. Like, Jesus was casting they and them out of people 2,000 years ago. That's right. right. So then, then they were coming at, coming at, you know, coming in from a standpoint of, they, them, um, us, whatever it is. Right, you know, because the, the, what, what you're trying to say is in the, um, the, the demons that he was casting right. out were multiples. multiples. Legion. So think about it. Legion. So we think about legion. it. So Ma Mary Magdalene, he cast seven out of. Right. They, them. Then you got the guy, the tombs. That was over like a thousand. He had a thousand of them. So, I mean, if you put this in a biblical standpoint, that's demonic, bro. Right. Yeah. It's you know, spiritual warfare going on. It is, on. man. That's just proof. That's what this podcast is all about. We're shining a light on this, right. man. If you're walking around, and I'm going to say it, and you can hate me for it, and you can not watch the podcast, I don't care. If you're walking around and you're saying your pronouns are they, them, or whatever, and you're not he, she, and this is the way you are born, you don't think God created you, you're demon possessed. I'm sorry, or you're right. demonically oppressed. Right. And if you if people don't if think that's a real that, thing, I'm gonna read Matthew chapter four verse one. Then the Spirit led Jesus into the desert. He was taken there to be tempted by the devil. Mm -hmm. The devil tempted Jesus personally. Do you right. think we're beyond that? No. No, we're not. We're we're bait for for the devil mm -hmm. if we that's don't right. have doors in our walls. Sure. 
That's right. Real quick, let me just say, because I, I know what you just said, and I know how strongly we all feel about the they, them, and the transgender and all that. First of all, I've heard it said that if you don't believe that you're the gender that you were made by God, then you're saying that God's not perfect enough to make you the way he wanted you to be made. Amen. Exactly. Okay, exactly. so let's get that out there. Yeah, sure. However, let let me just say, because I know that I can speak for both of y'all, if you are a homosexual, gay, lesbian, transgender, anything like that, it does not mean that you can't also be Christian. That's because right. you can be walking in, in any kind of sin and still be Christian. You are still and loved. It, that's what I was just about right. to say. I don't want anybody no, to no, listen no, no, to this no. podcast not, and don't yeah. think I'm that not we trying. don't love you. Because, based on, I'm not going to judge anybody I'm on their either. sin when I, I sin in different Here's ways. Right. Here's the thing, and let me put this out there. All right, so if a transgender person or a, a homosexual person were sitting across from me right now, I would absolutely just do nothing but show them the same love I'm showing you right now. Exactly. All I would show way. them the love of Jesus Christ. That's right. And, because you know, that's what's inside of me. And that's where, I think that's where a lot of Christians are failing at, John, is we've gotten in, in into a way of putting degrees of wrongness to our sin. Amen. Oh, homosexuality is the worst yeah. sin you can do, Mm-mm. but telling a white lie is not that bad. All sin is of equal wrong All in God's eyes, and God sin. turns his face away from sin. Yeah. He and hates God it. And I'm gonna sin add, is sin is sin. Right. And I'm going to add a but to what I just said. But I can point to you in Scripture where homosexuality is sexually immoral. Right. right. I mean, I... I Right, but I and think these I, are my beliefs. Right, and do I love you? Yes, I love you with all my heart and soul, and I amen. will accept and I you. I love just you the way enough. You are. I love you enough to tell you that mm-hmm. this is what the Bible says. Yes, right. I absolutely. love you enough to tell you that God didn't yeah. make you that way. I That's heard right. this from an atheist one time, uh, and I may have read it on a reel or something like that. But how bad do you have to hate somebody not to tell them about our God? Amen. 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 Right. So, all right, guys, I'm gonna jump back into it. Okay, and. What, what really bothers me about what I've read so far is this statistic here. The human brain is still developing up to the age of 24, yet they're being exposed to pornography at the age of 8. Right. I remembered you said that the other night, and that blew my mind. I mean, you're not fully developed until the age of 24, okay? Is that, and, is that men and women? Do you I think men actually, I, men actually lag a little bit on yeah, that. Men are that's later what I was on. I think, women I think, are so much smarter I think than women, us, I think And men. they live longer. And that's, that's why I want to do this, because <laughs> what I've been through in my life and you the things them. I've experienced— I have such a love and a respect for a woman. A woman was made definitely by God. They are wonderful in all aspects. If you want to have a mad respect for a woman, watch her give birth. Watch her go through that horrible pain. And when that baby comes out, that pain's cut off and you see joy. A woman is a beautiful creature. And they are made by God. And we are put them up on a pedestal. Can I add to that? Come on, add to it. Palmer, you know what kind of woman I want. Uh, a you godly, got one. A godly woman. I want a Proverbs 31 woman. That's what I want. Go ahead and tell our, our listeners what Proverbs 31 oh, woman man, it's is. It's a long one, man. They're going to have to look Just, it up. No, no. Okay. no I'm, I was about to say, give me the cliff notes. That's, that's, some, ha- that's some homework. Okay. That's some homework. Go look up. All right. Everybody it, watching yeah. and everybody listening, go look up Proverbs 31. Yeah, Proverbs 31. And that will tell you exactly what kind of woman that John wants. But <laughs> I'm going to sum it up for John. <laughs> yeah. If your woman is not pursuing God faster yeah. than she's pursuing you, you're a sinking sand. And, right. if, and the vice versa for the man. I was about to say that vice versa. Vice men, versa you need to find yourself a Carmen that, oh, is, yeah, that is searching wholeheartedly for God. 
to be as close to God as possible. If your man is not searching for God, if your woman is not searching for God and trying to have a relationship with it, God has to come first Amen. Exactly. in that relationship yeah. above everything. And I think fathers and mothers tend to put our children above everything, and that's where we fail, that we put them before our, our, our relationship with each other and we put them before our relationship with God. If we'll put God first, our relationship second, and our children third, then and only right. then can we and have I think a it was, true I family. think it was Paul, Carmen, Carmen crowed this other night to me, and I, I just thought it was awesome. And I think it was Paul dealing with marriage and sex and is actually advised not to get married. That they were, the Bible prefers you to be single because all your time is devoted to God. And then I think it was Paul talking about having sex. If you're going to have sex, at least get married. Mm. But it's advised to be single because having a partner can take you far away from God. Mm. And, you know, me and Carmen actually went to a better marriage conference at, uh, at Hickory Ridge put on by Terry Fant, which was mm. awesome, awesome. And that's what I learned there. And, you know, I was so embarrassed to pray in front of my wife. Mm. And that was one of the things they told us to do, pray with your wife every night. And, man, I'm going to tell you that that has worked wonders. And it's gotten me out of a shell to where I don't mind praying in front of people. And I don't know why I was ever so embarrassed to do it. You know, I guess because I'm, you know, I'm simple in a lot of ways. And, I, and I've heard people do these elaborate prayers. And mine's going to be simple and sincere. You know, well, see, there is also a scripture. Like, I'd have to dig for it. But I'm, not gonna, I'm probably going to chop it you know because i'm terrible at memorizing scripture but it does say don't pray about. like the, the, the pharisees and the synagogues with all their eloquent words or whatever you know so it's, it's just you know it's a simple prayer on in your prayer closet to god just talk to him like i'm talking to palmer and yeah. lane right now right. Well, like, jennifer, jennifer said that um yeah. jennifer put it uh jennifer miller's jennifer miller ministries.com if you want to check her out and jennifer miller plugging her aren't you? said um that I it's, it's almost, it's just like if we were riding down the, the, the freeway, just me and you, and we're talking, right? And, and, and I'm like, okay, bye. And I hang, and I hang up my cell phone, right? But you're still sitting right there. Am I going to pick up my, my cell phone again and go, Hey Lane, uh, blah, 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 right? No, I'm going to be like, Hey man. Um, and I'll start my conversation. God's the same exact way. He's always with us. So talk to him like you would talk to your best friend. Right. Because he should be your best friend. That's right. He, he, and so just know. talk to him like we're talking right now. You don't have to be like, uh, dear God, uh, dear Father. I mean, you can. He likes he likes to be called mm -hmm. his names. Right. You know, he likes to be honored in that way. But you don't have to talk to him that way. Talk to him like, hey, you know, I know you're sitting right there. I know you're right here. I can feel you. Can you just help me with blah or whatever? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, he already knows. He made us. He's waiting on He it. made mm -hmm. us separately. He knows the number of hairs on our head. You know, he knows us. Some of us have one less. of my favorites. He made us for. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Sorry, Danny. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> I like one of my favorites is he made made us for such a special time as this. For such a time as this. Oh yeah. yeah. And if you'd have told me four years ago I'd be sitting here on a Friday night doing this, mm -hmm. I'd have called you a liar. Oh, I'm telling you, it's Friday right. night. But God's yeah, great. Friday night. Yeah. What else would we be doing on a Friday night five years ago? Uh, well, well I've been married I don't for even, 14, so. Uh, I don't give power to that no more. You, know, you have any I, more statistics? Uh, okay. There are more slaves in the United States right now than the Romans had at the height of the Roman Empire, and mm. over half of them are sex slaves. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this. Do we not see the connection here? Yes. We are, we definitely, are Rome. Oh, yeah. We're definitely in the middle of a spiritual warfare. And I, I, I always bring this up when I debate with people. I love a good, friendly debate sometimes. I do too. If you don't think God is disgusted, Read in the Bible where he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah 
for less than what's going on now. No, I'm, sure. I'm so shocked that God hasn't just stepped in and gone, you know what? I'm it's tired coming. of it. He, he did wipe it, it off. Yep. And it's coming. And I'm, and I'm telling you, it's probably going to be in our lifetime, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we're like, definitely in the end days now. With, with, with all the, uh, with all the, prophecy that's being fulfilled it's like when I, you know most people walk at wake up in the morning to go outside to see what the weather's doing i go outside to see what what chapter of revelation we're right in. make sure we, i ain't missed uh, it's like, is it are you, are you make sure i ain't missed a rapture huh john yeah exactly <laughs> it's like is it is today to the day so no? all i have to okay. do is call my grandmother if yeah. she still answers the phone i think we're good right uh, right yeah. and every one of us has got good roots somewhere we may have went sideways <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh when i was when i actually wrote all this stuff down the devil, and when I started preparing this, the devil was telling me that if I talk about this at, at the point, CR group that Brandy and Aubrey were yeah, going to ask hilarious. me not to come back. Like I had that, I could verbally hear that in yeah. my head. So when I left work that day, I called Scott Walters. My man. And uh, <laughs> I told Scott, I said, Look, man, I've got Scott. this. I, I think I'm going to speak on it and this, this, and this, and kind of give him a few of the cliff notes on this. Amen, Ron. And he said, If you want your verification of this, he said, I woke up this morning and wrote this down. God is going to use the recovery groups, jail ministries, and the testimonies to further his kingdom and save souls. That's that black sheep army, baby. But the devil is going to combat this with lust. Mm-hmm. And do you know how many addicts I've seen come through active addiction or alcoholism and fall to pornography or fall to lust? Because mm-hmm. that's the next weapon that the enemy has. Right. That's And, it, and that's the next feel-good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can kick the drug your your doc if you can kick your doc um your next feel good thing will come from lust and mm-hmm. sex and stuff yeah. like that and the enemy will whisper into your ear it's not as bad yeah. right right it's okay. and it hits your you're desires not doing, at least you're not doing drugs yeah right and it hits your desires everybody wants somebody mm-hmm. don't yeah, want to be alone we want to be loved right we want we right. to feel like we're loved <sighs> you know what I ended up with? the lord gave me a puppy to hang out with for companionship puppies. Well, you know, Molly, I got temporary, co- I mean, like shared custody with Molly, you know. But spirit is definitely your spirit animal. Spirit oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Little kangaroo dog. Yeah. But, <laughs> Shout um, out, spirit. So moving on, we can make a decision to start unplugging from the world and plugging ourselves, families, and children into Jesus and the Word of God, or we can let the world continue to raise our kids and take our families. The devil is the same. He's always been here, and he is going to use what works to get us. Right. So you. Proverbs 20, ter- 20, chapter 22, verse 6 says, Start your children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. And yeah. say something about sparing the rod, too. <laughs> yeah. Spare the rod, spoil the child. That's I right. That. Yeah, you got to look. You, like God corrects us, man. We got to correct them kids, too, right. man. I mean, there's a right and a wrong way to do yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I, wasn't, I was whooping, not, you know, implying. All right, a good whoop, that, butt whooping never hurt oh, nobody. Yeah. And and I, it I was, certainly didn't hurt me. Right, and yeah. I was the child that needed the butt whipping. Yeah, I was too. Me too. No. And need a lot more than not, I got. Maybe, maybe not with a hey dude, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, our Bible is filled with a road map that will guide us through our life, but we have to open it up and pick it up. Amen. The spiritual battle we're seeing has been fought since the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Our free will actually started with Adam and Eden, or Adam and Eve. And you see what they did with our free will. Yeah. So um, conversation, these things aren't always the easiest ones to have, but it plainly states in Proverbs that we must raise them in the way of the Lord or the world will raise them its way and they will surely be destroyed. That's right. So we never need to assume that just because our sin is hidden from the view of the world that is any, that is in any less wicked, we can't fool God. We're only fooling ourselves with this way of thinking. Nothing is ever hid from God. He knows us well enough to know the number of hairs on each of our heads. I see too many people gambling with their salvation because nobody's promised tomorrow. 
Although I chose to highlight desires and lust of the heart and pornography, we need to get real with ourselves and realize it's all tools of the devil. Palmer, I'm going to quote you, and I have actually wrote down in here, a sin is a sin is a sin, and the devil roams the earth seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. He's been watching each of us. The devil knows each one of us. He knows our own desires, and he knows each of our interests. He knows the things that gets our attention, and you can bet he's going to bring his A-game because the devil wants our souls, and he wants to steal us away from God. James chapter 1, verse 14 says that you are tempted by the devil. You are tempted by the evil things you want. Your own lust leads you away and traps you. So you think about rats. You're not going to bait a rat trap with mothballs, right? Right. You're going to bait it with peanut butter or cheese, something that the rat <clears throat> likes and cannot resist. That's how you bait me too. Yep. Same thing. <laughs> with peanut butter. So the, although we're no longer slaves to sin, our old sinful nature is still the problem. We're saved by grace through our faith, but the old sin nature still lives in us, and that's the way that what the devil will use. For some, it's lust. For some, it's porn. For some, it's alcohol. And others, it may be drugs. But for God, it's all sin, and it's all wrong. I heard it said we fight, fight sin by feeding the Spirit. You can bet the devil's down there doing push-ups and jumping jacks right now, getting in shape to come hit us where it hurts. So we need to feed our spirit. We need to get prayed up. We need to have accountability partners, and we need to bear the full weight of the armor of God and make the devil feel the full weight of God's armies. Amen. Amen. So to sum this up, this is what I want to get across to the, to the black sheep listeners, okay? So if you are suffering with this, if you're going through this type of spiritual warfare with the sexual immorality, whatever it may be, the lust, the pornography, the, the homosexuality, whatever it may be, right. I implore that you talk to God about this. And how you do that is you have, you in your prayers, you ask God to search you out, search your soul, search your heart, and search your mind, and to remove anything that is not of him and replace it with what's of him. Right. And Go look, to the Word. Pick up your basic instructions before leaving earth, the Bible, right. and search it out in Scripture. It's so easy to find Scriptures to point to this. All you have to do, you have a Google search engine. You can type in sexual immorality in Scripture, and it will lead you straight to it. Right. It'll give you a list of 40 or 50, or however many there are. Also, talk to somebody you trust. Yeah. Make sure that, you know, I mean, I, I would I, I would say talk to somebody that is Christian right. that you trust. Go to a Celebrate Recovery or a Recovery Outreach. They are not just for drugs and alcohol. Yep, right. They are for or sexual immorality, idolatry, pornography, sexual abuse, physical abuse. It's, it covers the whole spectrum. Yeah, if you need to know where a meeting is, you can please reach out. Yes, you yeah. can. You can reach out to us. You can reach out to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare. You can reach out to uh, Josh Hollingshead at Unashamed Recovery Podcast. He is the uh, CR representative. CR for representative this, this for, area of for this area of Mississippi. If you are in another state or country, you should be able to find something in your area yeah, with a Celebrate Recovery like CelebrateRecovery.com or, or something like that. But I implore you that it be faith based. Yeah. Well, especially if it's if especially if it's more than just alcohol, you know. Right, uh, right. We were talking to Danny earlier, and uh, you know he likes AA. Yep. I mean, there's nothing wrong with AA. Mm. Just most of us prefer a faith base because mm. we feel like faith base works better. Right. You know, 
AA is a great program. It it, it uh, embodies the twelve step program as well. Um, just celebrate recovery. All it all it is is we're bringing God into it too. And I feel like I could not recover without God. That's right. why I said recovery outreach. Right. It's like that's just not celebrate recovery. That's bent, right. not broken. That's uh, restoring the broken. Restoring the broken. Damascus that's broken road. chains. That's Damascus Road. That's AA. That's NA. It's whatever you right. know. It's it's just different yeah. verbiage, you know. AA is your higher power yeah. and uh, right power greater than yourself. But I, I'm like y'all, you know. I I was brought up in church uh, as a kid and knew God and knew about Jesus, but I needed that faith based recovery. Uh, right. I I've been to multiple treatment centers, but CR has been a blessing to me because it's faith based and. Through that, I got to know God. I got to know how God loves me. Mm-hmm. And seeing how God loves me, that taught me how to love. Do you know, I was a year and a half sober before I ever even went to a Celebrate Recovery meeting, before I went to any meeting. Right. And, like, from my first recovery meeting, I knew that I had to be a part of that. I feel like That's I have to jump in here. Can I yeah, jump yeah. in for just sure. a second? Yes. All right. So you mentioned that AA is higher power. That is absolutely correct. The The belief in that is when people are at their absolute lowest – Oftentimes, the thought of a God is something that they could never wrap their head around. They're so deep and dark in their sin, in their sin that they can't imagine that there's a God out there that would love them. So, we, our program, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, makes it okay for those people to also come and right. get help. Yes, right. So, I know thousands and thousands of alcoholics. Maybe three to four of them their higher power is something other than Jesus Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So we need to be very Alcoholics Anonymous is not like anti God. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like not we, we we want to allow anyone that is struggling a path to come and get right. and sure. get help. And Amen. if you don't believe in God right now, guess what? We'd love you just the That's same. Right. That's right. But we're gonna tell you and we're gonna teach you that what's worked best for us is that our higher power is Jesus Christ. Just right. the same Jesus Christ that all three of you believe in. Right. It's just we want to have that door open for, for the atheists, for the agnostics, Absolutely. for everyone that's at their bottom. Right. If you have a desire to get sober, we're going to love you Amen. unconditionally. Right. And that's Amen. what the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare podcast is all about because we're trying to get to those that have those same problems that you're talking about that are lost in darkness, that don't even know God, that don't that, – that are belie- that don't even know that they're being lied to by an enemy. They just think that they are stuck like this. That never that need that light shined on. They have to be introduced to it somehow. And that I mean through AA, through NA, through Yeah, through, I hope, through a I conversation. Hope I didn't come off I hope yeah. I didn't come off the wrong. No, way. no, no, you didn't. You didn't. I I just like there's this I was very closed off to faith-based when right. I yeah. when I first got sober like sure. I I tried faith-based. I tried celebrate celebrate recovery and it didn't work for me. I continued to use for years and years and years and the reason was I was not ready to get sober. Right. Right. I was ready to get sober when everything else didn't work. I was at my my wit's end and I tried the last thing on the block and that was Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. Awesome. My what my my best friend is uh he's the exact opposite. He tried AA and was not able to get sober in AA. He tried faith based he went to a faith-based rehab and guess what? Out for him, <laughs> good, good. And guess what? He got sober. So the point is if if you're ready to get sober, faith based is going to work great. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If you're ready to get sober, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, or whatever, Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, 
whatever it is, is going to work for you when you're ready. Right. So what I think is so valuable about you know, us being open-minded to different paths to recover. There's sure. 1,767,462 different paths to sobriety and long-term recovery, right? Right, right? So if it works for you, we love you unconditionally, and we're proud of you. We're going to do anything that we Amen. can to help and to help you. All let, things, me just all add, things let me new. just add this real quick, that the, the, there was only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Right. Facts. Amen. You know, and I got a shirt that I bought from... Aubrey and bringing them and says, love them anyway. Yes, sir. And that's to, I think where we're at is being men of God and following what the Bible says. There are people out there that's never been introduced to God. And that's mm -hmm. hard for me to wrap my mind around that there's actually people out there that's not been talked to about Jesus or God or knows the story of Jesus and the, and the resurrection. They don't know that. So I understand what they're saying when they, come to at the lowest point of their life, they don't think God's nowhere around. And I was there at one point in time. I thought I had gone too far that God washed his hands of me and he didn't want nothing to do with me. But then when I started making progress and started letting God work in my life, I know now that I can look back on my past and see where God was all around me. Yeah. He had me in the palm of his hand because I missed some really good opportunities to die along the way. Yeah, And, and I, I would actually say that um i don't know this for a fact but it just kind of popped in my head that i would i would venture to believe that a lot of celebrate recoveries came from people that didn't have a celebrate recovery many years ago all they had was aa yeah you know so they went through the program and they they you know found their higher power which ended up being jesus christ and they they went off and started celebrate recovery so there would be faith based they were they were ready to stop digging yeah right. nothing like drew always says nothing changes if, if nothing, nothing changes, changes. yeah you know what I mean? And so you have to be ready, no matter what. You have to be ready to stop lusting. You have to be ready to stop watching that porn. You have to be ready to stop doing those drugs. You have to be ready to stop doing uh, that alcohol. You know what I mean? If you're not ready, it doesn't matter what program you walk into. You're not going to – it's not going to work. Right. And walking what we're doing now, that's, that's something hard for me, you know, trying to help people and, and giving back is I see these people going through things, and we all know where they're headed. Right. But you can't talk to them. You want to pick them up and shake them. And I've been there. I know what you're doing. I know where you're headed. Stop it. Do this. But like you said, you can't lead a horse to water and make him drink at the same time. You can drown him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's about it. All right. Well, all right. So we could sit here and we could talk about this all night. I know that we could. <laughs> but um, What else you got over there, Lane, before I've we wrap got, this up? Yeah, and this is the last part of it. And it's James chapter 1, verse 13. You must stay aware, and this is me adding this before, so I'm going to start now reading James 1.13. Whenever you feel tempted to do something bad, you should not say God is tempting me. Evil cannot tempt God, and God himself does not tempt anyone. Mm -hmm. You are tempted by the evil things you want. Mm -hmm. Your own desire grows inside of you until it results in sin. That, that's dealing with the thoughts. The thought's not the sin. It's grabbing the thought and harvesting it and making it come into fruition. Right. The sin, then the sin grows bigger and bigger and finally ends in death. Yes. As scary as this is, it's also true, but I'm going to invite you to hold in tightly to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and it says, When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. The old things are gone. Suddenly everything is new. So whenever we are tempted by God, he always provides an escape. Romans chapter 6, 22 says, Wherever sin abounds, Grace abounds all the more. Having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, we have our fruit to holiness in the end. And that's we're all evidence of that. 
Amen. And it's a beautiful ride. It is. Uh, it is. As, as hard as the things I went through was and as, as the pain that I had to bear from that, to be able to sit right here right now and talk about what God's done in my life and to feel the love of God and to be able to show other people that same love, I would do it 10 times again. Yeah. If your story, if your struggle, if your hurts, habits, and hangups can help somebody else, then it was all worth it. And that's, and that's what it's about. It, you know, people have these talents, these natural born talents. And I saw this on a reel today and I want to talk about it. It says, if you've got a talent to make money or a talent to sing or a talent to serve, that's not for you. Right. That's for somebody else. Yeah. So everything that we have and it's everything good. that we can do is meant to serve others. That's right. good. And if we focus on that and live like that, the world would be a beautiful place. Oh, uh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I, it's I like I was reading, um, <clears throat> sorry, Palmer, I was reading um, Isaiah 65 yesterday, and man, I love the Old Testament prophets, man, because it's predicting what's coming, and Isaiah 65 talks about the new heaven and new earth. Oh, now he describes it is the exact opposite of what's going on in this world right now, man. Right, right. And I cannot wait for that. Anyway, what were you about to say? I have no idea. Oh. And it just, you know, this this topic here, you know, for any anybody out there who's got kids, you know what kind of love that is. Yeah, right. And I, when I finally told my mom and dad what happened, the 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 turning point on that and the decision that was made, because I know that anything that a child does, the parent can always find a way to blame their self for not raising them right. I didn't mm -hmm. raise them right, so they did this. And and that's not the truth. My mom and dad were wonderful. So people on the outside looking in at the, the addiction I was going through, the, the trouble with the law, the things I was doing, they couldn't ever understand why I was doing that. But I had that secret sin that I kept mm -hmm. inside, and it was somebody else's sin. And that very easily could have turned into a, a generational curse. Sure. Right. But I decided to let God in and find that kind of love. And I put my foot down on that curse. It will not continue. Not, Amen. not in my life. And it, like I said, God, God's wonderful. God's good. And you know, I thank y'all for allowing me to come here and talk about this. Man, and we thank, we thank you Lane, right. for being the hands and feet of Jesus and making kingdom moves and doing what you do, man, because I've, I, you know, the short time I've known you just a few months, man, and I've grown to just respect you and love you dude and you are welcome to come back anytime you you have a topic you want to talk about or if you just want to share some more of your testimony man and you know when i, I tell my testimony i've got so much bad along with it but I, i'm not the guy to give that power anymore mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah i was an addict yeah uh one point in time i was looking at 42 years in the penitentiary and that was after they dropped a lot of charges well, and you are the epitome of a black sheep, so welcome oh yeah. to the black sheep army. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was a black sheep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I had great parents, but if you don't have a foundation in God, you fall victim to shifting sands of the devil. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened to me. And, you know, I, I had my walls built up, but there was always doors in. But you can you can guard those doors with the way of the Lord. That's right. And, but before we go, if any, <clears throat> I don't know how many viewers we have, but if anybody has any questions or comments that they'd like to, um, like to ask, yeah, Amanda, Amanda replied up there a few minutes ago. I was reading that. If you can't go back up, scroll to it, up I'd just like to a read little that. bit to Amanda's last comment about Paul. I believe is yeah. what he's talking about. And I know, I know, I misquoted it, so you have yeah, to forgive so me. There it but is. There it is. It said Paul was married, widowed, so Seymour. he had the experience to do the comparison. Seymour. Most don't know that. 
but you could not be a Pharisee if you were unmarried. So I believe it was always and is always God's design to be married, fruitful, and multiply. And I definitely agree with that. Marriage is sanctioned by God, and actually marriage is under attack now. We're at a point in time where 50% of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Divorce, uh, I, I divorce thought, should never be an option. See, I would have thought it was higher than that. And look, I'm 46 years old, and I've never been married. I came close a few times, but um, so I've never been married. But um, I think part of that for me was is that everybody that I saw growing up in my family and outside of my family, my friends, and all, they all ended in divorce. And it all, it all ended bad badly. And I did not want to go through that. I was scared to death of that, and, you know. Right. And divorce is nasty. I, oh, I've yeah. been that, I mean, I've seen it around me all my life, man. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I think, you know, that's where that should never be an option. Divorce should. And I, I think yeah. anything, I, I know anything is possible through God. That's and right. But the, where they're failing at is the foundation they're built on. Right. That's where it's failing at. And Amanda, I appreciate that. And yeah. what I was actually talking about was dealing with the sexual part of it, not the marriage part of it. That I think Scrum the gist it. of it was if you must have sex, you should be married. And a lot of people nowadays say, well, who's going to go through life without sex? No, that's impossible. But you look at the zealots of the Bible. Uh, look at all the people out there that dealt with this. David, that I, Solomon. Right. And I know a guy personally that's been two years celibate mm -hmm. and is in his prime of his manhood. I, I'm it's pretty, possible. I'm, I'm much farther along than that. Well, so man, your prime? Hmm? <laughs> You're much farther along than your prime? Than or? two years oh, celibacy. That's, 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 a, that's yeah. admirable. And if I could go back... And change one thing, that's what it would be. Because I yeah. know now that I'm with the one that God meant for me to be with. Yeah. How precious and the, the connection when you're having sex in marriage, that the the marriage that God put forth for you to have, that one person, is I can't say enough about What's it. What's amazing about that is when you see Lane and Carmen together, you you know that they're together until that they're gonna be on the rocking chairs together on the front porch, old as dirt. Oh, I thought you were saying you could tell they're together. I, like I was just for, gonna, no, no, I was you just gonna say that. that when me and my wife go places to, out to eat, they always think that uh they always ask, Is this separate checks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, funny. I, Carmen actually, I don't know if you were there when I was talking about this. Uh I I, I got her fooled, man. And but it, it come a long time where she was having trouble with her eyes and she went to go get her eyes checked. She called me while I was at work. She was like, Yeah, they said I need glasses. I hung up the phone and almost started crying. I was like, Yep, I'm gonna be a single man now. <laughs> Lane was like, uh yeah. Yeah, you get your eyes checked and you see was, what you really married. It's earlier, gonna be different. If you were watching the live stream earlier, I was flipping through my phone. I was trying to find uh, a picture of when I was at my heaviest, which is three sixty. And uh, yeah, my my wife definitely ha has bad eyes apparently because right. she stuck with me. But it definitely ain't my money. Oh wow! <laughs> Amen to that. But yeah, man, it's 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 amazing when you let God take 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 hold of your life and follow yeah. His way. Because the people, man, y'all, the, the people that God has put in my life, I I never knew what happiness was before. Mm -hmm. You know, dealing with the things that I come through, the trauma. I can't look back on a time in my life and tell you a, a great time that I was happy. Yeah. But to wake up every day happy. Yeah, I yeah. still have my ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for the most sure. part, God has blessed me way more than what I deserve. Yeah. You know, and that's just the people in my life. And I, you know, I, I it's for those out there that's listening, I, I'll tell y'all from experience, to do the Lord's work is not easy. Mm -mm. I have mad respect for preachers mm -hmm. and these these disciples because it's 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 exhausting work. There's nothing more exhausting than getting up and speaking to people with compassion for the Lord, about the Lord, mm -hmm. it will wear you out. And then through that, God gives us empathy where we can feel people's weight, and I have that. And 
the people that I come across dealing with this topic right here, there was one night I had to go to bed early because I was almost in tears. It just had me that pulled down that far to see people being destroyed by this. Mm-hmm. And it's especially like, at a young age. At a young age, yeah. a, a child. Right. And it's one, it's one thing when you've you've hit adulthood or you fully quote unquote fully matured at twenty four, and then you decide to make those decisions. But making those decisions, those life changing decisions, at I mean, I lost my virginity at, at sixteen. So. Starting starting at that young age or or earlier is just mind blowing now. Man, you know when you you talked about the 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 brain not being fully developed until you're 24. I started destroying my brain when I was like 12. So where oh, yeah, that, 15 for me. Yeah. So where does that put my brain at right now? Am I finally getting developed now at 46? It's like, mm, it's like no, probably not. Probably still stuck at 12. I'm probably still stuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what the, that's no, what the statistic saying. says that you stop progressing. Am I going to be okay, Lane? I mean, oh, we're going to be great, baby. God's got you. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Right. So yeah, you're already good. Let me tell you something. Restoration of the mind is. I, I can attest for it. It, it, it is a thing. It, like, God does heal the mind because I, I, I got to a point with my drug use and, and what I'd done to my body and my brain, and uh, I'm coming up on three years, and I can tell you about three years ago, they were going to diagnose me schizophrenic and multiple personalities. And been there. Jesus healed all that. So I'd have been diagnosed. Restoration. This is what a lot of, another thing that the black sheep is geared toward is is the one of the main things that I'm going to drive to is restoration. Not with just family. But with mind, body, so all that restoration is key for me. I definitely and, have multiple multiple personalities, no. and we are okay. Oh man, did you <laughs> hit me with a pronoun? <laughs> and if you could, if you could sum the whole Bible up with one word, I can do two. I am restoration. Restoration. That's it. Yeah. My guess would have been I am, but that's two words. That's a that's a heavy word. Heavy two words. I yeah. am. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up. We've gone way over an hour. That's <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> But, well, um, this this is one of those topics where it yeah, needed it. I mean, you know, look, it needed for time sure. To I mean, look, we could sit here another forty five minutes. I mean, right. I, I mean, we can we can do a part two of this like some other time. But, yeah, and I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say this before we cut off. If anybody out there listening, uh, if y'all feel free to share it, and uh, I also got my testimony on a podcast as yeah, well. Tell everybody where they can find yes, you, please. Yes, on the Show Up Dad podcast. Uh, David Mendonca does that one. Uh, I was actually a guest on there twice, uh, and I'll be speaking in Brookhaven, CR, December the twelfth. Uh, anybody out there needs needs prayer, wants to talk, any, anything I can do for them, or if you just need a shoulder to cry on or somebody to talk to, Amen. hit me up on Facebook. I'll give you my personal number. Uh, I, I've got all the love in the world for people going through that because I know how bad it hurts inside. And you walk around every day with a mask on, and yeah. nobody knows it. You just put on a smile to keep them crying, and you're dying inside. Yeah. And nobody knows. Also, I thought of something cool the other day that I'd like to do if uh, – if anybody's got a that's listening has a very deep dark testimony where Jesus had to literally walk into hell, into hell or send angels to minister to you, any encounters like that spiritual, uh, where you were in some serious spiritual warfare and the Lord brought you out of it, I'd love to read that testimony. Um, just email it to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare at gmail I'll have that a link on it somehow and uh if i read it on air online however on podcast then i'll send you a shirt so include your shirt size and uh black the uh, color what color shirt you want black or white thank you john Wayne. i got if i can if i can do this one last thing and i said i wasn't gonna forget it and i almost did you were asking me about the forgiveness of what yeah. happened yeah. uh and i'm gonna tell y'all this one story and then i'm done okay uh 
I woke up one Sunday morning getting ready for church, and the devil had done got on me, and I said I was too tired to go to church, so I was done. I wasn't going to church. But, of course, Carmen got up and was like, Lane, we've got to go to church. I feel like God's got something to tell me or you. Mm. So, man, I grumbled and didn't want to go. But when we got there, the church had already started. Uh, They were finishing up praise music, and the preacher had already started preaching. When we walked in, we sat in the very back right corner on the next to last row. There was nobody on that last row. And the sermon that day was on the Lord's Prayer, specifically the part, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. So immediately I knew this was for me. Right. Of course, Carmen was looking at me with that little grin like I told you so. By the end of that sermon, I was a mess. I was crying out of every hole in my head. I had snot bubbles like a kid. just Thrown in there. You know, <laughs> and of course I wasn't going down to altar call because that was my deep, dark secret that I wasn't ready to talk about yet. And I felt a hand on my right shoulder, and this guy leaned up and said, God asked me to pray for you. And I turned around and melted in his arms. I'm like, had my head on his shoulders sobbing. And 95% of his prayer, he he spoke in tongues. Prayer language. And I interpreted it. He prayed, your shoulders are broad, but God's are broader. The burden that you carry is no longer yours to carry. Lay it at the foot of the cross today and move on. I have never saw that guy again. I've been to that church multiple times. Chances I've asked are that him, wasn't even a guy. That was probably an angel. You call it what you want to call it, but his name was Eric. Nice-looking black man, wonderful guy. Didn't get time to spend, much time to spend with him, but I've never seen him again, and I've asked around. Yeah. You call it what you want to call it. I know what it was to me. Mm-hmm. That was my deliverance from that pain. Amen. And I, and I still I lay it at the, for the cross a lot of times. It I wasn't just it. that day, but that's where you lay your hurts and hang-ups Those at. Those are the type of testimonies that I'm looking for. Yeah, amen. I love that. Let me let look. Let, let's let's uh, bring it full circle. We are called sheep because we are not load bearing animals. Yeah, amen. amen. We were never meant to carry this load. We're not right. meant to carry it uh, carry it by ourselves. That's why we we travel in a flock, and we're, we're never meant to carry it. Period. That's why we we're supposed to give it to Jesus. So That's right. let me wrap it up, guys. We we sure appreciate you coming to this podcast, to this Facebook Live, and giving us some of your time and listening to our testimonies, our topics, and everything. And so we just want to say we love you and thank you for joining the Black Sheep Podcast. We'll see you all next time. See you.